We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Big Screen Sports is presented by MyBookie.ag. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season or perhaps bet on some postseason baseball and place a World Series wager on my beloved Minnesota Twins, make sure you're betting with my bookie. Did you know that you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season and postseason baseball is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag and start winning your bets today. And Trojan evades Marsden brilliantly. If only he could have done that the night he got nicked. <laughs> Keeper plays it long. Walker brings it down on the halfway line. Oh, and it's a misplaced pass to Jerome McFife. But the ever-observant Mr. Burton kicks it back to the guards. Bob, it's a neat one-two. Walker to Burton. Back to Walker. He shoots. Oh, just past the post. Almost. And that was just a little bit too close for comfort. Too fucking close for my liking, Bob. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast breaking down the on-field action of your favorite sports movies. Brought to you by the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. For today's episode, I was joined by two of my fellow Blue Wire podcasters, Baker and Alex from the soccer podcast Goalposts for Jumpers. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely go check those dudes out and check out the rest of the Blue Wire Network for all of your sports podcasting needs. From football to gambling, we've got you covered for the entire fall. On today's episode, we covered the British soccer movie Mean Machine. So if you're an American guy like me, you might not have seen it. However, it'd probably be really familiar to you because it's a soccer version of The Longest Yard. If you haven't seen Mean Machine but you're a fan of either of The Longest Yard movies, whether the uh, the original Burt Reynolds or the Adam Sandler remake, definitely give this movie a watch. It's really enjoyable and it only clocks in at 99 minutes. It's definitely worth your time. I really enjoyed my first watch and loved having Baker and Alex on to break it down for me. Got some uh, some expertise in on the, this week's episode. As always, make sure you're subscribed to Big Screen Sports so you get episodes every Thursday. And if you haven't yet, take the tiniest amount of time to please leave a rating and a review. I value all the reviews you guys leave, from the five-star review that just said Moneyball in all caps, to the one-star review that was titled Meh, and the body was C-Title. Any rating and review helps, so help me out. Take the time when you finish the episode. With that, let's get to Mean Machine with Baker and Alex. All right, joining me today on this special uh, Blue Wire, all Blue Wire episode, the hosts of Goalposts for Jumpers on the Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network, Baker and Alex. Guys, thank you so much for joining me from across the pond. Hiya, mate. How's it going? Hey, yeah. Kyle, you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm very excited to hear what you guys have to say on this movie. But before we talk, Me Machine, 
let me know about y'all's podcast. Plug anything you got to plug, and you know what? What do you guys have coming up? Yeah, so uh, you know, Go Booster Jumpers, we're a soccer podcast, like a feature-led podcast. Uh, me and Alex, kind of just two regular guys, just having a bit of fun. It's done pretty well. And Alex, we had an episode. What was the episode? Out now. episode 19 uh just out on monday yeah last monday so that that's the most recent one with greg helford so he's a current pro footballer yeah. uh just Premier league football yeah, yeah yeah so we just had him in pretty exciting so yeah yeah if you if anyone listening like soccer then head over to uh, we're on spotify google podcasts uh, apple podcasts give us a listen yeah yeah you guys are another member of the uh the blue wire network and you're here today to talk mean machine with me mean machine is a 2001 sports comedy at london crown court this morning ex-england football captain danny Meehan was jailed for three years not dangerous are you mr footballer only if you've got the bonus governor wants you to coach my football team just want to do my time and get on with my life a football star jailed for assault leads a group of inmates in a match against prison guards. If that plot sounds familiar to you, it is the plot of The Longest Yard, the American football movie, uh, the original starring Burt Reynolds, and it, this came a couple years before the remake starring Adam Sandler. It got a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by Barry Skolnick. The executive producer was uh, was Guy Ritchie, and you see a lot of um, you know Guy Ritchie crossover in this movie that we'll touch on. We do IMDb trivia from Lockstock and uh, and Snatch. It starred Vinnie Jones, and I think you guys can probably explain Vinnie Jones's career as an actual you know professional soccer player a lot better than I can. Yeah, um, basically we were talking about it earlier when we were watching when we watched the film. It's funny he's portrayed as this like thug and this guy who's kind of a little bit out there doesn't really give a shit drinks you know parties and that's pretty much vinnie jones playing himself yeah in the movie mm. which is which is really cool but he did play for wales not england yeah that's actually in the trivia which we'll probably touch on a bit later but vinnie jones well, well i was also going to ask you guys what the significance of that is because for me i read that i was like oh that's interesting i can't wait to hear what that's all about yeah, well, Vinnie Jones was pretty much English. Uh, he qualified yeah. to play for Wales through his grandparents. Um, to be fair to the guy, though, he captained Wales like he sung the national anthem proudly. So, you know, when I put Me Machine on as a Welsh person and I see he's been portrayed as an England captain, I don't take it to heart because I know he is as much English as he is Welsh, if not more. Yeah, so. you, you cried for five minutes and then that was it. No, I then didn't. Then I consoled I, you. No, that didn't happen. Yeah, that Categorically didn't happen. So well, He's made a career off being this kind of like tough badass. I mean, it was started a couple... Uh, obviously, he was in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, his big Chris. Uh, he was in Gone in 60 Seconds, which I personally love. Every time it's on TV, I always watch it. He thinks he doesn't talk. Uh, and then he's in one of my favorite like shitty comedies that's aged really poorly in Eurotrip. Have you guys seen Eurotrip? Yeah. yeah, he plays like a stereotypical like basically what the Americans view fo uh, soccer fans as. Uh, he plays that part of this like Manchester United hooligan, yeah. which don't exist by the way because Man United fans aren't hooligans. Careful, well, they aren't, are they, mate? <laughs> so let's be honest. But yeah, he's uh, he's great in Eurotrip. But again, he always plays that kind of character who looks like he's a, like one step away from like murdering you. Yeah. Yeah. He's also in another under the radar sports movie. A lot of people don't consider this a sports movie, but I'm going to cover it because I love it. He's the coach and she's the man. The, Am the Amanda Bynes like oh, teen awesome. rom-com movie. Yeah, that was yeah. Out, like ages ago. Channing Tatum, is that the one? Yes, yeah, it's like early Channing Tatum. Oh yeah, no way. I bet that's awful. That's for Amanda Bynes, isn't it? That is a perfect example of a movie from one end of the scale to another compared to Meme Machine on how well they portray actual footballers. Yeah, and actual the game itself. Why? What's it like in She's a Man? Oh, it's so bad. Really? It's, yeah. Oh God. Even I can say it's not great. Not ideal. 
Uh, this one also had an early uh, Jason Statham. This is right before he turned into the transporter and became Mr. Action Star. Uh, so th this jumpstart, and he's honestly, I mean, this is jumping way ahead as far as best supporting character. The the scenes where he has his, the, where, where he plays the monk, which is like the psycho killer, allegedly he plays the goalie. The scenes where he has those like, those fantasies or whatever, are the f I, I laughed out loud. Yeah, he just starts um, like just like daydreaming about murdering the guards yeah. rather than goalkeeping. And at one point, he just runs out, starts doing this skill with his knee with this like German <laughs> techno playing in the background. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, that is just such a funny scene. But yeah, Jason Statham playing a Glas Glaswegian monk, yeah, kind Scottish of murderous nutcase. Mm. Yeah, well, way to start your career. Yeah, and I think I think a year la or later this year, later in two thousand one, after this movie came out, is when the transporter came out and really just you know turned him into to who he is today. And I want to before we get going, I to any any listeners who haven't seen this, especially American listeners, if you like the Longest Yard, you'll enjoy this movie. It's v you'll notice a lot of very like similar beats, like even similar lines, things like that. It's really fun. Um, so I, I highly, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed watching. It was a good watch. It's also only 99 minutes, which if you're doing a sports movie podcast and you've had to rewatch a ton of sports movies in the past few months, one that's 99 minutes is ideal. Uh, it's a nice quick watch. I wish it was on TV here. You know, it's really not. But if you watch it in America, at least, uh, like I rented it on uh, Amazon Prime, they dub over like British slang. So it shows, it still shows up in the subtitles, but they dub over stuff that you as an, like an American would not understand, which I thought was really funny. Have you, have you got examples? Because we were watching it earlier. Yeah, we, we noticed know, we the no, same thing. But that's on that's yeah. on British television, yeah, on that British was. TV. Like, I think they dubbed it to say crap, but we think he said pony, which is like British Cockney slang. Cockney slang, Yeah, Cockney slang for... I can't remember the exact line, but when Nitro is signing away, like he's signing that form and he thinks he's getting transferred to the prison he likes... And he uh, and instead they take him to the to the madhouse. He says something. It's one of the only times that something's dubbed over, but the character you can actually see the character talking. And it clearly doesn't line up. And I can't remember what it was. I wish I would have written it down. But it was the only because usually a lot of them they were on a, like a cut when someone's talking in the background. They they kind of cut around it. But I thought it was really it, if you do watch this movie, you should watch with the uh, the closed captions because I I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, you, you have to be able to transpire a movie like that to American audience. It is a very British film. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to get that with uh, Guy Ritchie. It's a gritty British film, and there are going to be some Cockney slangs in there that I needed to change. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I can't watch Lockstock or Snatch without the closed captions on. I just, I lose, I lose a lot of it. It's like when I watch Peaky Blinders. Like, it was uh, it, just a tough, tough watch for me. I, I have to watch Peaky Blinders with captions, and I'm British. Well, it's like, well, Snatch with uh, Brad Pitt. I couldn't understand him half oh, the time, yeah. and, but that's, that's Irish. But yeah, what, do you like Irish? Irish yeah. <laughs> so let's get into opening questions. For you guys, what makes a good sports movie? Well, for me, like, you need a good underdog, uh, underdog element. Um, you know, you look at my favorite sports film ever made, and it's actually just my favorite film ever made flat out, is Rocky. You know, that underdog element, the Mighty Ducks, Happy Go More, Moneyball, Tin Cup and all that. I think you need that. I, you know, for Joe Public, like ourselves watching, it's always nice to almost like live your dreams through those people. I think uh, with Me Machine and I guess The Longest Yard is the same film, the main character isn't really the underdog because he's already reached the pinnacle in his career and more the prisoners are the underdogs. So them getting to play the guards and you know have that 90 minutes of like pure enjoyment and try and beat the guards it's, and like vinnie jones is kind of like helping them do that but yeah definitely an underdog you need a good underdog i agree i mean i think that's the the quintessential sport it no one wants to root for the favorites and that's that's a small issue I have with this movie, and we'll touch on it. We'll we'll touch on it down the road. But it, during the game with the guards, that's something that I think gets a little lost in translation. But for you guys, is this a Hall of Fame, an All Star, a starter, or a bench warmer? As, as far as football films go, I think it's Hall of Fame. Yeah, because yeah. I, I've it's rare that you see 
it translate between cinematography, yeah. you, the actual video, the filming of of a game, yeah. and being able to enjoy that, and you yeah. kind of follow follow the game all the way through the ninety minutes, even though it's cut, mm-hmm. uh, which is typically quite difficult to do. I know uh, there's a film called Goal, which really struggled, I think, with it. Like this great movie, the backstory is mm-hmm. great, but then when it comes onto the pitch, translating that, yeah. I find it quite difficult as a football fan. Yeah, and um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I, well, it, I think Me Machine is the number one soccer film out there. Like, it's whenever people think football films, you think Me Machine growing yeah, up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I struggle to think like what would be better. But yeah, it's a definitely a Hall of Famer. No, I agree. I think it on the surface, I feel like it's an all star. It's not on my like my Mount Rushmore, my top five or something, but I really enjoyed it. But you guys did touch on that as far as soccer, football, or you know, football films, there's not a lot. I've done one, one other on this podcast, When Saturday Comes. I think this was a lot better than When Saturday Comes. I don't think I'll ever watch that movie again. But there's just a, there's kind of a glaring lack of, of soccer movies. What, you know, what do you guys think factors into that? I think, I think, um, it's, 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 it's it, the, the answer to that kind of eludes me really because you know, football or soccer, whatever you want to call it, um, is the number one sport in the world. It's the most popular sport in the world. So commercially, it's got more of a chance of doing well because everyone and everywhere can watch a football film or soccer film, but not everyone can watch an American football film. Do you know what I mean? So I just think it, it must just be a hard sport to put onto film. Like, I, you know, I can't see why maybe Hollywood, Hollywood has got an opinion on that, but... For me, it's like, I, I don't understand why. Please. I think they struggle. I think, obviously, the directors struggle to cast actors who not only have the ability to portray a character they want, but also that are competent enough to actually to, to look, play football and to look like yeah. they could pretend to be. So mm. the technique, this is one of those things when we were talking about she's, she's the man, there's, that's non-existent there. <laughs> Whereas Me Machine has the closest level. You see there's... Yeah. A, the touches of the players are actually yeah. very, very good. There's nothing worse than watching a film, whether it's a soccer film or not, a film which has some soccer segment in it, and you can tell no one knows how to play because the ball just keeps zooming in on their feet, and they've obviously got like an extra or yeah. like a body double to come in. But uh, when you ask what makes a good sports film, that's Alex touched on it there. You need actors who are the real deal. Like Vinnie Jones was perfect because... You know, he looks like a footballer. And he was a footballer. Yeah, he was a footballer. And the goal he scores in the film, like, I got goosebumps because it was like, it just looked like an amazing soccer goal. And Like, for instance, like the longest yard, one of the worst things about the longest yard, the Adam Sandler one for me, was that although it was a funny film, Adam Sandler, I could not imagine him as a star quarterback. I struggled to deal with that. Mm. Like I couldn't imagine him like putting on like a Broncos journey jersey and just like throwing a hail mary pass, Johnny. I just couldn't imagine it. Whereas like, yeah, with Vinnie Jones, I thought he just played that part so well, and it was like he was made for this film. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, uh, and I'm hopeful that with soccer having popularity growing in America, especially. I mean, there's two professional soccer teams in LA now. And that taking that into account and with it being the world's most popular sport that maybe in the, you know, in the future, in the next 10 years, there might be a rise in soccer movies. But, you know, this movie did do a good job in casting Vinnie Jones. I mean, it's all about the star. Always, always, always cast athletes. I'd like stress that on this podcast. Um, And that's a good, you know, way to swing into the IMDb trivia on this movie. There's not much. Um, obviously, we already touched on Vinnie Jones was an accomplished British footballer. Jason Statham was a British national team diver, finishing 12th in the 1992 World Championship. Yeah, I saw that. I couldn't believe that. But, well, that. no, it's not that I can't believe it. You look at his, you know, what he looks like. He, his he looks like he could have done anything yeah. with his physique. But yeah, that's, that's a funny one. Mm-hmm. And you guys already touched on uh, Vinnie Jones chose to play for Wales, qualifying through his Welsh grandfather. Uh, the guy Richie and Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn was the producer on this film. That that connection. Vinnie Jones, Jason Statham, Jason Fleming, who was the uh, one of the Bobs, the announcers. Uh, Vass or Voss Blackwood, uh, who played Massive. Jake Abraham were all in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and they. Uh, I think most of them were in Snatch too, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. 
And then obviously uh British remake of the longest yard, 1974, the American or the, uh, Adam Sandler longest yard came out four years after this in, uh, in 2005. So, uh, other than that, not really a whole lot of IMDb trivia in this one. So let's move to best scene. I've got, I, I put down four ones. I'm sure. You guys are going to have more, you know, fill me in on what I missed. Um, the first one I had was uh, was when Mian sticks up for Massive and it heads to solitary. I, I like that. I, I think that was the first redeeming point for the character. Uh, the first soccer practice, the first like tryouts when they're you know they're trying everyone out and everyone's really shitty. Uh, then the the soccer scene, the practice once Sykes's guys join, specifically uh, Shiv and Troj. Uh, I thought that was good. And then the game. I, I encompassed the game as an entire scene. I guess you could do first half, the halftime speech, and the second half. But, uh, you know, I, the whole movie leads up to it. Did I miss anything? Any any smaller scenes or anything? I think For me, I, scene like I, there was there was some, yeah, like we said, there's some good fight scenes. Yeah, and, when he's but, punching the shit out of each other. For me, I, I thought the best, my favorite scene was when you see the, when you see Doc talk to to what is Danny me and Vinnie Jones and he's talking to him about why he's locked up yeah. there. That's, I, that's a not tough many, watch. Yeah, there's not many yeah. emotional moments in the film, but it, that's that's the closest to it. And obviously, further on in the film, he touches back onto it when at his funeral, which is great. Villains spend their lives shitting themselves that other criminals are going to see to them. So they get their retaliation in first and twice as nasty. A bloke was coming after me. So I, uh, I went around to his digs and lobbed a grenade in the window. Left over after the war, you know, army surplus. I didn't know, but he had his little baby and his girl in there with him. The house went up like a firecracker. No one came out. He barricaded the door with furniture in case I came around. By the time they got in, the screaming had stopped. Just, I can't, I could never pick out a scene like that as my favourite, because, like, I, it made me feel like shit. Yeah, no, I, just, I, I that, picked it out because... the actor was so good at playing the part he of was, sad old man. He was, he was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. No, the game for me, mate. 100%. This, the, the thing is, with this film, like, everything is leading up to this moment in a similar vein to Longest Yard. Like everything's a, like a piece of a puzzle that just like, you know, even when you talk about when he s sticks up for Massive, that was like the turning point of all the other prison mates kind of seeing that they could trust him, that he was one of them. And then you had that instant in the toilet where he's getting knifed because that Scottish guy thinks he's a uh, snitch. And when he could have snitched on him, he said, oh, I cut myself shaving. And then he obviously gets that Scottish pl guy to play for them who's incredible. Everything led up to that game. And for me, like, with The Longest Yard as well, like, I just love it. I I don't know if you've ever watched Friday Night Lights, but the Friday oh, Night yeah. Lights, for me, I used to just want the games all the time because there's nothing better than a really well-covered, like, sports game in a film. And I think Me Machine absolutely smashed it with the music they used. And it did really well. Yeah, like, authentic British music in the background you had robbie williams playing in the background yeah. when they won yeah uh let 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 me entertain you wasn't yeah. it the one that yeah, it was perfect perfect music for that that scene it was just it was just brilliant and i think alec touched on it earlier in terms of how um football soccer games are transpires onto tv me machine would done great again that wide angle now and again which made it feel like you're almost watching it on the TV. And also the pace of the game yeah, was, was fairly close. And it was the, a good score, wasn't it, for a film? Like 3-2. Yeah, 3-2, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They didn't go too unrealistic with it. I think that's a great segue to going to, you know, talking about what was the most authentic and least authentic. Let's just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll get back to that. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Axios Sports. There are countless ways to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports. But how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? You might spend four hours on Twitter before you realize that you haven't even caught up on half the important sports stories. Scrolling through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. 
But now there's Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning you'll see the best sports stories from around the sports world, from the NBA to the NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Go to sports.axios.com. That's sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers over at the water cooler. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself and your time a favor. Sign up for the Axios Sports newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. Seriously, I've been subscribed to the newsletter for about a week, and it makes things really easy for me catching up on sports information in the morning, so I have more time to edit this podcast. Again, try it for free 99 at sports.axios.com. All right, so let's get into what was the most authentic and what was the least authentic as far as the sports-centric parts in the movie. Uh, for you, guys, The only thing I have written down for most is Vinnie Jones. I thought he was great. I thought, you know, from my amateur perspective, he really carried himself like a, uh, you know, like a professional. So the floor is, your, is, is for y'all. What do you think was the most authentic part? I, I appreciated the parts where when they all started doing the trials for him and yeah. and Vinny's stood there with Massive and they're, they're rating the players. And they're all shit. But, but then <laughs> he's not getting too carried away. He's like, oh, that's a 10, that's a 10. Yeah. It's like, no, eight. What do you think? Bring the crib board. Five. Three. Generous one. Seven. Seven. You missed two. Ted. Eight. My mum could have scored from that distance. Yeah, I know. My mum could have scored that or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I appreciated that, that they weren't going, oh, that's amazing when something very average is happening. Exactly. I think they portrayed how terrible these players were. I think, you know, it's kind of like a similar thing in these films, like the, the time period between when he starts training these players and the actual game wasn't clear. Maybe that was for a reason, but it makes you believe that everything happens within like a week. Mm. And the difference in quality, like Omis Jali, the Iranian, the fat guy. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was awful. And then in the game, he was like doing all this skill. And it's like a typical sports film that, you have that kind of like montage thing and then all of a sudden everyone's brilliant. Like the least authentic thing about it for me was like how brilliant everyone got all of a sudden. But I think I'm kind of grasping at straws because no, me... I, no, I know what you mean there because yeah. you're, you're comparing the team that was was the, the Me Machine team mm. against a, what they alluded to earlier was a semi-pro team. Yeah, so exactly. to beat a semi-pro team... Yeah. Granted, they had an ex-England captain with them. Could an England captain, a predominantly a centre defensive midfielder, like win a game on its own? Like out of all the positions, maybe. But that's what I was going to ask you guys: if one player could, because if I think the one fault of the longest yard is scrambling together a football team to play football with pads on and run plays, is kind of wild because that's not soccer and like a. A basketball serve as more like pickup sports. You can play those in a field. More people play them recreationally. But I was going to ask if you took a group of guys who just played pickup ball and gave them, you know, uh, and passed his prime LeBron or something, could could they win? See, I think you've got to kind of assume with this film just to enjoy it that it's a big prison, you know, and there's likely going to be like you know at least eight or nine good football players like they all ev- talk about having trials yeah, ev- and... everyone in britain like can play football to a certain level but i think it kind of yeah, you look at that team you had monk who said he was could have turned pro if he wasn't mental you had um that winger i can't remember his name now uh tyrone i don't know you're he's... talking about uh, trojan yeah trojan. he he was very good scottish yeah. guy he was good then omis jolly suddenly became good 
But for me, like, I think Alex might have a different opinion, but I think there's a gulf in quality between what we know is an England captain in this Danny Mayhew, whatever his name is, who's played 74 games for England. If you've played 74 games for England, that gulf in difference between you and Joe Public of football is going to be massive. He could 100% win a game on his own. I think. But it depends so, how long it had been since he'd retired. Yeah, and it wasn't that long. It wasn't, wasn't yeah, it? Possibly not. He did he did kind of say that he was doing like press ups and he could do a lot more when he was training yeah. at the top. But yeah, I think like you, you say what are the least authentic parts. I think this film like is pretty good. I, I yeah, there's there are plot points you could pick out, like the governor at the end um being like spoken to like a piece of trash. Uh, by that prison guard that yeah. just wouldn't happen yeah. whether his Saab car's been blown up or not he still has but that but it's authority. all part of the, know, the yeah. feel good factor at the end yeah, of the movie yeah exactly and we're, I'm just grasping at straws because mm-hmm. I think this is a generally authentic good sports film mm-hmm. really good one so what then for you guys work because I do think a lot worked in this movie um, I agree. I mean, I didn't pull anything for, for least authentic. I would have liked to have maybe seen a longer training montage of the team getting better. Like you said, to kind of shore up the, okay, how would they actually do in this game against the semi-pro team? But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have much to pull. So what else worked for you guys? What, what did you just enjoy about the movie? I thought it was, it just summed up British culture in particular very, very well. Mm. For example, we gave the the example of, Everyone's saying that they've had trials once. You've got someone who's a bit of a nutter in the team. You've got someone who's a tricky winger who likes his skills. You've got someone who doesn't pass the ball, which is just perfect because there's always that kid that doesn't pass the ball. It's all very authentic to like, if if you were British, you would understand all these references. But one of the things I loved, like I, I felt like they made this prison seem more of a prison than the longest yard with Adam Sandler. I think that grittiness... Oh, yeah, um, you wouldn't want to be there. No, you just felt like you didn't want to be there. Whereas yeah. in The Longest Yard, I remember watching that film as a kid thinking, that looks like fun. Prison's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. I said, prison is scarier in this movie. Oh, there you go. So I think the character development was really good. Like, because obviously, I think they made Vinnie Jones um, a bit more vulnerable as the film went on by showing that he was a man of the people and. It was nice seeing that scene where Tyrone, the really big guy, asking him, you know, why did you do it? And he's just leveling with the guys, like he's like really made friends with these people in the prison. Danny, why did you do it? Throw that game. Fuck me, Jerome, you do talk too much. (laughs) Sorry. Nah, you're. It's funny, but when you're in that football world, you just don't realise what it means to people. And you only find out how disappointed they are when you let them down. I was 16 when I signed pro forms. Thought I was the business. Didn't take long for standards to start slipping. Cars, booze, bad tips for slow horses. You think you can handle it? And bang. Very soon it's handling you. Before I was picking up trophies, I was 425 grand down. Um, so at the end, that payout of him choosing to go against the governor makes all the more sense. So I think, yeah, it's, I don't know, like, I might be biased because I've always loved this film, but, you know, you look at the IMDb rating 6.5, I think that's low. I'd, that's, give, it, I'd give it above a 7. But that's good for, for a sports for film, a sports film yeah. I think. Yeah, sports films get get gypped when it comes to this. Like, I think we were talking before we recorded about how much, you know, we enjoy The Waterboy. The Waterboy has a, a terrible Rotten Tomatoes rating. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's not good. Yeah, I think, I think the best, like, sports films, like, you know, Coach Carter and you know, Rocky and all that, the reason they've got high MDB ratings because they've, they're, they're made up with a lot more drama. There's a lot more stuff to get like emotionally invested in. And like, there's obviously that one scene Alex spoke about with the dark crying and that was pretty much it. The rest was kind of like, you know, there was uh, a little bit of scene regarding racism with, um, mm. with, uh, yeah, it, it depends on how many issues it highlights. And I think some, 
some films nowadays, you might be better off or safer going based on true stories that have sort of characters depicting a, a certain event. Like, mm. for example, I know they were talking about the Leicester City winning the Premier League. That, if someone made a film of that, that would be insane. But it, yeah. would, it would get much higher rating, I think. But who on earth would play the footballers then? Do you know what I mean? That's the problem you have. Yeah. Leicester City's yeah. winning the Premier League is probably the biggest sporting upset of all time. It's definitely up there. But then who do you get in to play the role of Jamie Vardy and N'Golo Kante? It's like, that's the hardest part. Well, I, I think about who, what's the highest rated sports movie? One of the, and Moneyball's obviously Moneyball's well up there. Yeah. But that translated to me, even though I know nothing about anything. Baseball, yeah. yeah I, know, yeah. I knew nothing about baseball. No, yeah. But... I kind of understood the characters, I understood the plot, yeah. and it did a very good job of explaining it to someone who, who kind of knows nothing. Yeah, well, with Moneyball, it's, a lot of that is off. You never really see any baseball action. No. It's very much, it was a very much off the field, with, whereas with Leicester, you need to show a lot mm. on screen. And, you know. and Mean Machine is a more fun movie than Moneyball. I love Moneyball. It's one of my, you know, it's in the top five sports movies for me. It's an incredible movie, but this movie I would say is probably more fun from a sports perspective. And oh, yeah. that's where movies like this, that's where the big discrepancy comes in. You guys mentioned Vinny's speech, how he kind of cops to uh to fixing those games to drawing that that penalty. I was gonna ask one of my favorite scenes in the longest yard, not to to spoiler alert to get ahead of myself for the longest yard podcast. I like when and, and talking the the new longest yard, two thousand five, which came out before this one or after this one. Um, when to get back on the side of the team and prove, you know, is when he confesses to the team, when Adam Sandler comes on, he confesses to the team, Hey, I actually did fix that game. Um, and I was, you know, I, I'm getting pinned for the, the murder. That was the one thing that I was missing in this one that I was hoping that he would have some way of telling these people, Hey, they're going to frame me for this murder, uh, or, uh, of doc and, you know, come on this, you know, get on my back like let's still do this that was the one thing i was missing i was kind of hoping because that's one of my favorite parts about the longest yard what did you guys think did you prefer Vinny just getting it out there earlier i think i think with football like actions speak louder than words i think there's a lot of downtime in american football where you have that opportunity when you know you're like talking to the rest in a huddle and you can have but he literally needed to just go onto the pitch straight away so for me like I preferred that when I was watching it. I, I liked that Vinnie Jones went on there and, you know, he was just showing through actions like that, you know, he, he was looking. He was back him. in the game. Yeah, he was back in the game. Mm. You don't, sometimes you don't need to spoon feed the audience. Like, you don't need him to, like, be like, right, guys, you know, did this happen and the governor told me this and that. That won't happen in soccer. You can't do that. You don't, you can't, like, stop the middle of a game and yeah, but have a conversation. But then again, it's easy for us to understand that because that's our main sport. If football's yeah, not course. your main sport, yeah. it's something that might not be yeah, so easy, easily yeah. understandable. So if that had happened in a baseball game or a mm. basketball game or NFL, then we might not have, we might have needed that yeah. possibly. Yeah, I was wondering how he'd be able to do it. The only, the only way they could have done it is if he tell actually tells Massive what you know what the deal is what's going on but they, it's kind of a i guess an understood thing and you're right he does just go on and and kind of show out and it, i mean that's one of the best parts of the movie you mentioned the governor i've got a question for you guys the governor's eyebrows was that like a villain th was that a thing ever in the uk or is that just like the weirdest the weirdest thing ever he's got like the my, I think some American listeners will get this. He's got like Raleigh Fingers' mustache, but on his eyebrows. I, I don't get it. Do, have you got access to Google right now? I do. Right. I want you to type in Sam Hammam because it's based off him. So You're going to have to spell that one for me. Yeah, so S-A-M and then space H-A-M-M-A-M. Sam Okay. All right. I see. I see what we're talking about here. He looks exact. Basically, um, that, Sam, that actor, by the way, has those eyebrows in other things, though, doesn't he? Well, that might be the case, but I can guarantee you they have based it on Sam Haman because Sam Haman was like this. Those are some crazy. Eyebrows. 
You could Sock. get lost in this dude's bushy yeah. eyebrows. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was like, he was known as like a football villain. And weirdly, Sam Hamann actually managed um, or owned Wimbledon FC, who Vinnie Jones played for. So maybe it was a thing of Vinnie Jones saying, look, we need a guy who looks like Sam Hamann mm. for the evil guy. Yeah, it, it definitely worked. He was, uh, he's much different than the, the warden in the Longest Yard movie. The, the warden's a little more sinister in both the movies. This guy is just a bumbling doofus. For the most part, he's just a bad gambler. Yeah, the the warden in uh, Sandler's Longest Yard, I love that guy. He was very, like, I, he's been in loads of films. He's in Babe, you know, Babe the Pig, Alex. Yeah, yeah he's the nice farmer. He plays Babe. Oh. Yeah, he plays Babe in Babe, yeah. No. Um, yeah, definitely. The governor in this, I didn't, like, it was kind of good that he was the governor because I hated him and I hated the acting. Like, he was the only character I didn't really like. But, Maybe that's a good thing because it made me dislike him more. Yeah, I've got another question for you guys. The music during the fight scene, when they're they're doing that jailhouse fight, which is a situation I would never, ever want to find myself in, what was that music to you guys? Because for for me, that was the Monday night football music. I was very confused. Is that something else in the UK, or did they just legit use the Monday Night Football music? No, to to be honest, I I can't remember. Are we talking when they're in the canteen and it's all going off? Yeah, when um when Mian has to fight one of Sykes's guys and he's chained to him. That music they're playing in the background is the the NFL Monday Night Football music, and I was I was very confused. Well, you've got the announcer there as well, haven't you? So he's he's walking around, and he, I think he uh, let's get ready to rumble at some point. So I I think it's all based on based. Yeah, we're looking at it now, actually. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm just gonna. Yeah, that was the to me that was the Monday Night Football music. Yeah. Um... Which I thought was just a strange addition for what was seemingly a very British movie. I don't know. Like, I don't know the Monday football music. To me, it was just like upbeat action music. Like, that's what I view that as. What about you? Well, no, I think it would have been... It's obviously a reference. It's it's a reference to something. But Maybe. we wouldn't have got it as the UK audience if it's Monday Night Football. We've got our own Monday Night Football for soccer. Yeah. Um, but they used, they used a, a similar... A similar style music, really similar. Actually, sounds like it. It might even be that. Do you think? I I was just wondering, kind of what, uh, if that had any significance to you guys. What else worked in this movie for you? Was there anything else that that jumped out? Stuff you guys enjoyed? Um, what do you think about the Bobs, the announcing duo? Oh yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah, they're good. They're like that kind of, um, you know, dramatic relief. Like, kind of, it's kind of like poor jokes, but. Like kind of dad jokes, yeah. If you know what I mean, but yeah. it's just you're just like sniggle laughing, yeah, as they're going along. I think it was without that, then it would just be kind of a lot harder to make that long soccer game watchable as a film. Yeah, and if you're not you a fan commentary. of football yourself, yeah. watching that, that little yeah, like you said, that comic relief in between is probably really useful. Comic relief, yeah. I said dramatic relief, as if they're on the sides, just like saying Shakespeare, but it was, they were funny. Sports movies have to nail the announcers because they also serve really as narrators. They kind of take you along, and if it sounds too, just too hokey or too boring, then it, it really takes from the movie. Uh, it really takes away from it. So these guys were really funny. When they say, uh, when the monk has that fantasy of like murdering all the guards right in front of the goal, and they're just like the monk, calm and collected, I lost my shit. Yeah, yeah, so so good. Yeah, no, they, they, it was perfect little commentary at the right times. I think. Yeah, I think I, I think um, they were like saying references to like what their like sentences were and stuff, and like yeah, you know, he like, said Trojans uh, ambidextrous. He said, "I don't know about that, Bob, but you sure can use both feet." The monks collected it cleanly. The monk, calm and calculated. Looks like the therapy's paying off, Bob. And once again, Monks played it out to Trojan, who's again switched to the left, Bob. Well, he must be ambidextrous, Bob. I don't know about that, Bob, but he certainly can use both feet. 
Yeah, he's great. <laughs> so good. Did you guys have anything that didn't work? There wasn't a lot with this movie, uh, or just things you didn't enjoy. I just, I think I mentioned earlier, like the whole um, insubordinance between the the main prison guards and the governor at the end. Obviously, in real life, it wouldn't happen, but it serves to that feel good factor. Like for me, I think it mostly worked. Like I, but again, maybe I'm biased. My thing was I. The only thing I have, I needed the guards to be better in the game. It seemed like the mean machine kind of had it the whole game. You didn't ever feel like they were in much trouble of, of losing. Like the guards were never ahead in the whole game. They had to come back and tie it after me and kind of they, uh, the one guy gets the red card and then me and goes off with the fake injury. Other than that, you never really felt like the guards were actually threatening, which is something I would have liked. But that's pretty nitpicky because other than that, I you know I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, no, no, I agree because but... obviously, it, but at the same time, we we were saying I don't know whether it would be hypocrit- hypocritical of us to say that we wanted them to maybe go ahead, but then three two was kind of a very genuine score. Mm. So it happens all the time in soccer as well. Yeah. Two 0 leads get blown. Yeah. And it's not like it would have been the worst thing in the world if we'd have seen 5-4 or 6-5, but to, to get it as close to being authentic, 3-2 was a good score. So I think, yeah, possibly you're right. Maybe they couldn't, they shouldn't have gone 2-0 up immediately. Maybe it was 1-0, 1-all, 2-1. I kind of like that, though, because, I mean, even though I've watched it like four times before, I always kind of forget what the score is every time I watch it. And when they go 2 up, I always think, wait, do they comfortably win this? I think. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, I always think that. And for someone who's watching it for the first time, you might think, oh my God, like, this is a, you know, a whitewash. And then for them to come back to two all, I thought that perfectly kind of encapsulated how, um, you know, Vinnie Jones kind of throwing the game has an impact. So I, yeah, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad they didn't go to like a penalty kicks subplot. I, I was kind of worried that that would happen. Yeah, it would be way too it, easy. It did cross my mind when we were watching it again yeah. that, wait, does this go to penalties? Because that would be such a disappointment. Yeah, it would be shit. Yeah. Like, it would just be like a typical... It would be too easy. Last minute win is perfect. It'd be She's the Man. She's the Man ends in a PK. Spoiler alert for She's the Man. Um, I love how, like, Vinnie Jones could have scored it himself, but he passes to Billy. Passes to the shittest by, player. On the yeah, first. exactly. Played by Danny Dyer, who just really wants to play. It was just such a... And especially when Let Me Entertain You song kicks in then after he yeah. scores, you get goosebumps. Like, I don't know if you... For people who aren't soccer fans, but for me, like, I just love that. We'll get into that with a big chill because that's... I mean, spoiler alert, that's my favourite favorite part of the movie. Uh, let's take a, a quick break, hear from our ads one more time, and then uh, get to Best On-Screen Athlete. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by Roman. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of that myself. I've had this thing that's wrong with my wrist for like six months, and it's probably going to be another six months before I go see a doctor about it. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No embarrassment here. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides a treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging, right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to your doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, let's get into uh, best on-screen athlete. I don't think there's much competition. I kind of feel like we should just DQ Vinny Jones because I think that's obvious. I mean, I love when when films cast actual athletes. the The other two nominees I've got there's Statham, who was an actual athlete too, but um, Jamie Sives, who played Shiv, and Robbie Gee as Troj. I thought they looked 
to me, they on paper they looked realistic, like actual soccer players. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Jamie Jamie Sarr, he was like, um, de- looked like he he looks like he had a bit about him. Didn't yeah, he? definitely. And is yeah, that's and that is one of the things again that we said at the start is why it was so authentic was the fact that him and Trojan both looked like they, they were the best. First of all, the best players on the pitch. They looked like they they could have been the former pros. Yeah. So it was as close to being decent at football, and. They they alluded again to the to the fact the commentators did that Trojan that the the guards couldn't couldn't keep tabs on him he was ripping them apart every time mm. so yeah I would say probably for me Trojan probably oh you go if, with Trojan if I if I'm disqualifying Vinny Jones then yeah I'll go Trojan for Chiv because I just loved how you know he just looked aesthetically like a better footballer was Trojan to me just looked like a fast winger but for me Ch- Chiv's my vote I can see why you've chosen. Trojan, but the movie as a whole did a good job of just casting a ton of people who look like they could be pickup soccer players or play on a semi-pro soccer team. I think the only one who jumps out for worst is is the guy who plays Raj, and you guys have done a better job of pronouncing his name than I could. I know him as the the one of the first guys who gets got in the movie The Mummy. Uh yeah, I mean Charlie. Yeah, he's a I mean Jalili, Iranian kind of. Jalili is it? He's a comedian, yeah, British in... and uh, Iranian yeah. comedian. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a slave trader and gladiator too. That, that's kind of more what I know him as. But I think he's intentionally him and the guy who plays uh, Billy are intentionally bad athletes. Yeah, definitely. As as far as technique goes, I thought right. yeah, I thought Ahmed Jalili was was okay, but Danny Dyer's part playing Billy was he was. I think by a mile. I think it would have killed Danny Dyer um, playing that bad. Yeah, playing that bad because Danny Dyer, Kyle, is like being in so many. I think all of his ninety percent of his film catalog is to do with soccer. You know, he's in Football Factory. He's in loads, mm. and he he presents uh, world's toughest hooligans as well. Yeah, to play a bumbling and, idiot. Yeah, to little... play a bumbling idiot who's like really fragile and awful at football. I know he was like granted his like start in acting, but I bet I killed him. That would have killed him. Yeah. That's, that's all. I did not, uh, I did not know that because yeah, he's, he's definitely a punching bag in this movie, Uh, which is a good, you know, let's get into the, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. This movie thrives off the supporting characters because there's really, I would say that Danny is the only main character. He's really the whole movie, the whole movie circles around him. And then it's just a bunch of dudes. There's, there's David Kelly who plays doc. We've already kind of talked about the emotional speech he gives. There's a vast Blackwood is, is massive. Uh, the guy who plays Sykes, John Forgham, Stephen Walters is nitro who plays a really good, crazy person. Uh, Jason Statham, Jamie Shives, Ralph Brown, who plays Burton, who's the, uh, the captain for the guards. It's a lot of, a lot of good performances in this movie. Yeah, but Monk, like, I think when you think of Mean Machine, you think Vinnie Jones, and then you think Jason Statham as Monk. Like, for me, anyway. I always this is this is where why I said one of my favorite scenes was with Doc's speech. Is he's the one that I think about when I think about that film. Really? Yeah, it's the thing that kind of sticks with me the most. It's the most emotional part of the movie for sure. On oh, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he plays Grandpa Joe and Charlie. Yeah. yeah, he does. So he plays that part really well. Lazy ass Grandpa Joe, yeah, yeah, just the the worst. Statham is really funny with almost no lines in this movie, and it people forget that like, I, have you guys seen Spy, the Melissa McCarthy movie that came out a couple years ago? Uh, yeah, it's Spy the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. Spy um, is fucking hilarious, and Jason Statham is the funniest person in the world in that movie. Is so good. I'll have to check that out. I mean, it is like laugh out loud funny. He plays as a serious spy, but I mean, I, I just can't describe it other than Jason Statham has legitimate comedic chops and that's showcased in a very small way in this movie as playing like the insane monk. But I, I agree. He is, he's my favorite. Uh, Doc, David Kelly's Doc is great, but Jason Statham is for me the easy best supporting character. Yeah, that's my vote too. Um, low key shout out to Sally Phillips who played Tracy, the uh, the hot secretary who 
hooks up with Vinnie Jones. Yeah, she's British hot though, isn't she? She's not. She's not. She, her accent put me off. Yeah, she says it might it might not come across to anyone who isn't from the UK, but she's got a Bristolian accent, which is oh, nails on a chalkboard to me. Yeah, for Americans, they're probably like, "Ooh, exotic." Hey, that's exactly. That is exactly it. Exotic. Loved her. Give me all the Sally Phillips stock. I just want to press mute on the TV. <laughs> Well, let's get yeah. into the big chill. Uh, it's the moment in every sport. Every good sports movie has the moment that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. This movie has a couple. Surprise for like a fun, you know, just uh, you know, kind of sports comedy. There's the fight knockout, which I, I you know, when he he uh, says he's in for. Um, they, okay, this is an example going back to the uh, the stuff that was dubbed over, dubbing over the slang. He says he's in for drunken assault. They dub it over after he knocks him out. They say, "I'm in," you know, he's in, "I'm in for drunken assault" or something like that. But on the uh, on the closed captions, it says something else. It's like whatever the the British slang term for that would be. H. Yeah, it would have been something like GB, yeah, GBH, yeah, like GMB or something. GBH, yeah. yeah, gross bodily harm. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, taken away from the big chill. That is uh, that's one of the things they dub over. Um, there's Danny giving his speech about tossing the match, which is simultaneous with Doc uh, getting blown up. Um, Doc's speech, which we talked about, is more is not really like a. Those aren't really sports chill moments. They're just you know good speeches. There's the walkout to the match when they're walking through the like the prison, you know the main whatever you call the the common area or whatever with all the cells and all the guys around them. And there's Billy the Limpet scoring the game winning goal. What else did you guys did, you, did I miss anything? I think I think you've got it all there. And for me, I talk about Alex. Like I don't think I loved Vinnie Jones's volley. Like I just love the technique he shows in mm-hmm. it and the sound and net makes. That was the first goal of the game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, scoring the goal and then that Robbie Williams song coming on. Yeah, that was just, great. You just you just got this instant happiness. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. So yeah, I think you got that. It all that there. was mine too. I love um, I, I love seeing it. it I was. I didn't know how they would wrap up the last goal. I didn't know if it would be some, you know, because they, they set it up like Vinnie Jones is going on a breakaway. Yeah, but it's good because I think they, they've done that throughout the game with the 2-0 lead, and then you think, oh, it's typical, the guy who's brilliant at football is going to win it, and then he passes to Billy, and then it's like, they, they do a clever camera trick where, you know, it's, it looks like he's kind of deciding, do I throw it? Or do I go for like pride and score? And he kind of like passes to the side and the camera doesn't show where it's going. So you think, has he just passed it back to the goalkeeper? Like, I didn't think this when I just watched it, obviously, because it's the fifth time I've seen it. But but I think that's clever because when then you see Billy Billy running through and you think, well, he'll probably miss. I thought he was going to miss then. Oh, God. I was really worried that he was going to miss. I think they got his miss out of the way earlier on. Like, they showed him missing a yeah, open, open goal. goal. So, yeah. No, definitely that moment. I love that moment. I think this is this is an obvious one, but if this had, had occurred in real life, would this make a good 30 for 30? What does that mean? Okay, I was wondering. I was, I was going to ask before recording, but I wasn't sure. 30 for 30 is the, are the ESPN American documentary. They're like the, the best in the business as far as sports documentaries. At least they were. They make uh, they make documentaries about real sports stories. Like uh, the one that comes to the top of my mind is they made one about the day of the OJ chase, which was also a day of the NBA Finals. Uh, they they just do sports documentaries. So basically, would this have made a good sports documentary if it had it occurred in real life? Hundred percent. Oh, yeah, it would have been yeah so watchable. Yeah, like prisoners versus guards foot like football match in britain and especially if you've and, uh, got an ex-pro yeah. in prison as well that would be like that would grip the nation an oscar-winning documentary it'd be, yeah it'd be fascinating i agree and now i cannot wait to just blow up you guys with 30 for 30s you need to watch because there's like there's like a hundred of them now and they're all amazing so uh check check your uh check your dms after we finish recording there's a ton of them uh last thing how would you guys improve this movie um how would i improve it mm. if if at all or would you just leave it be i don't know it's, like it's great for the time it was released 2001 wasn't yeah, it 2001 it was great for the time 
uh, if we were to do it again now... I still think it's good now. I think it still holds up now. I just think... You just change the uh, licensing from Umbro to, like, Nike or something. I would maybe have an attempt at it with... Still keep some comedy, but yeah. maybe a little bit more drama. Yeah, that's a good shout. And possibly a little bit less of the cheesiness at the start, I think. Yeah, the st- Yeah, that's a good shout. At the start, it was a bit... It was like they needed to show his fall from grace really fast. Yeah. You know, I think The Longest Yard done a lot better job with Sandler showing him struggling, like, you know, uh, being drunk in the car and his wife is leaving him. And But it was just like, oh, this you guy's don't know in any a film. Backstory, do now you? he's in a pub. The police are arresting him and now he's in prison. Yeah. Yeah, it got right down to business in terms of him getting arrested. I think he was in prison and they had pitched the idea of him, you know, coaching the team about five minutes into the movie, which I'm pretty sure Sandler hasn't even been arrested five minutes into the, the Longest Yard remake. Yeah, I think they wanted to get, and this is another great thing, that they wanted to get into the kind of the story itself of the football game rather than the backstory as quick as possible, which is why they've condensed it. And it's such a small, shorter movie, though. It's such a watchable, it's such a bite-sized... They could have used so much of Vinnie Jones' clips, though, and, like, edited it to make Mm. it look like it was an England game. They could have have done that somehow, but it was just... I would have liked more backstory, Alex, but definitely a little bit more. The one thing that I think that The Longest Yard, the remake did, that was cool, and that I think if you say you remade Mean Machine this year, is that in The Longest Yard, they did the thing where ESPN picked up the game. Because if this happened, say, in 2019, it would be a big story if the ex-captain of England was leading a prison soccer game. And someone would live stream it. Someone would pick up the rights. There would be money in it. And it would be kind of cool, at least to me, it would be kind of cool if there had been more than just that handful of people watching and you had a little more of that European soccer feel. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Obviously, agree. it was a different time back then. And mm-hmm. in a way, you could argue, even if it took pl- place now, that that kind of self-contained match made it a bit more gritty. It was just between the prisoners and the guards. Well, they had the atmosphere all mm. from, com- like, yeah, in, within the, the prison. prison right? yeah. So they were hearing the live commentary, which was, which was like good, that. which, yeah, which was great about that. But maybe nowadays they might It'd have a TV like screen. streamed live on YouTube yeah. now or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, I would sign up to watch that. If it was a pay-per-view or something, I would be all in on that. A hundred percent. I would do that with any sport that I might not even watch. Like, I don't watch NBA, but if I, if I find out there was an American prison where the prisoners were playing the guards live yeah. on YouTube. I'd, I'd, be on be, it. I'd be on it straight away. I think it'd be incredible. And this is a movie that it would not surprise me if it is remade at some point again. They've already run this formula back three times, so it wouldn't shock me if there's another soccer version. I don't think they'll do a football version again for a while. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if this is run back or if they do like a basketball version or something. Because this is a formula that works uh all three of these the the two longest yards and mean machine people like them i think they're really enjoyable guys thank you so much one for suggesting this movie and bringing this movie into my life and two taking the time out of your day or out of your night actually over there to uh to talk to me and and break down this movie tell the folks where they can follow you guys and where they can check out goalposts for jumpers yeah so we're available on twitter which is at g4j podcast with the number four we're on Instagram, which is goalpost number four jumpers. And then other than that, Alex, we're just on Spotify, Spotify. Apple Podcasts. We've also got a YouTube. we got a YouTube channel at the moment mm-hmm. as well. We're under the name of Goalpost for Jumpers, so you can go check us out. Uh, so, yeah, we appreciate your support, and thanks for having us on. Of course, and you guys are obviously part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Please go check out the entire Blue Wire Podcast Network, a podcast for any you know, sports fans needs. As for this podcast, we're available everywhere that, uh, that Baker and Alex just said, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Follow us on Twitter at big underscore screen sport, Instagram at big screen sports pod, and uh, check out episodes every Thursday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.